Welcome to Estrepreneur, a podcast for entrepreneurs and leaders doing business and life God's way. Each week, we discuss biblical and practical tips to improve your mind, business, spirit, relationships, and finances. Listen along as I speak with special guests on how to thrive in all aspects of life. Hi, I'm Edna. Like many of you, I wear many hats. I'm a military wife, mother, author, certified John Maxwell business and executive coach, trainer, and founder of Favor and Wealth, where we help the good guys win. So tune in as we bring on the light. Well, hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Estrepreneur Podcast, where we highlight many women of God who are doing business and life God's way. Um, Today, I am so excited because we're going to be talking about a topic that I believe the churches probably talk about. Um, There are very far and few between, and it's very dear to my heart because I've experienced a lot of trauma throughout my life, and um, and a lot of times you don't really find the tools and the resources that you would you would need to overcome that trauma in church. And it's sad that you have to find it through books or coaches and things like that. But you know, I, I'm really excited about your platform, um, Suzanne. And so, without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce Suzanne Burns. She is based in Tennessee, correct, Suzanne? Okay. Yes, that's right. T- tell us a little bit about you, your family, you know, um, you know, your background, what you, what you do, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, so I am um, married with two kids. I have, my oldest is 22. He's in the Marine Corps. He actually okay. is in the hospital right now celebrating oh. his new baby born. Oh, okay, a good thing. So, <laughs> yes. So I'm getting uh, regular pictures and videos from, from them because they're they're not super close by, but he, oh. um, he gets out of the military in May. And yeah. so I'm ready to be a grandma to my, my little fella. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I also have a a almost 16 year old at home and um, they're, they're six years apart because they both come from uh, different marriages, different situations. And so my, my 22 year old was the product of a crisis pregnancy Mm -hmm. and is really the, the catalyst that led me on the journey to where I am today, Mm -hmm. where I am founder and executive director of a maternity home where we serve mothers in crisis. So we work with women who find themselves pregnant and homeless, who have lost custody of older children and are working on reunification. We work with women coming out of jail or rehab. And so all of them carry a a significant amount of baggage. Um, And, and so that's, that's kind of my day-to-day life. You know, I I love that, you know, the Bible talks about taking care of the widows and the orphans and the homeless, you know, and those, and, and sometimes, you know, we forget that. I mean, we get so preoccupied with our lives and our own situations. And there are people who are in far uh, more dire situations. And, you know, I love that you talk about, you know, um, that you did tell us a little bit about, you know, your, I know your um, traumainformedchurch.com. Talk mm-hmm. to us about that. How, you know, what, what made you um, start that? And, you know, what, what do you guys do to help? 
Yeah, so I think it kind of came down to a conversation I had one day with my husband, um, because I I do so much speaking at at other churches and everything as I'm as I'm getting our ministry supported locally. But I also get conversations afterwards, um, you know, of women saying, Oh, I, I was a single parent myself, I experienced this and um, or sometimes I'll get a call from a church that says, oh, we just saw a woman walking down the streets. She looked mm-hmm. to be pregnant. I here, I need you to come and do something. And um, my husband had a, a really great comment. He said, you know, you, you do so much work with the women that you serve. You need to be teaching the churches how to do this too, so that it's not only you, it's not just you that, that knows this. And, um, so, so from there is, is this whole coaching and training series. Um, I now am the author of four books. I'm working on my fifth Mm -hmm. and I also do video series. I I have a podcast uh, as well connected to, um, the trauma informed church brand. And so it, it's all with that intention that, um, if you can understand these basic principles of why people behave the way they do, then you can serve more effectively. You can be the hands and feet of Jesus without causing harm. Yeah. You can be a blessing and, and not an obstacle. Right. And that's huge. What you just said, guys, for those who are listening, you could be a blessing, not an obstacle. Cause sometimes let's face it, people mean to do well but they tend to do harm because they don't really understand you're just speaking yeah you know with the right motives per se but they're not educated and trained to speak in a way that they people that they're speaking to whether it's in business life or ministry or whoever that you're talking with um can receive it well because once they feel offended or judge or whatever they put a wall up right and and they cannot hear you and um and it's really important that you know, you have to speak their language versus, you know, yeah. especially if you're trying to get reach them. Does that make sense, Suzanne? Oh, exactly. No, the um, the pic- the word picture that you used about putting up walls, putting up barriers, is so perfect mm-hmm. because you know we we do that all the time. We um, you know, we we put up roadblocks, we put up obstacles for ourselves for the people that we talk to all the time. In fact, I'm, I'm, even Jesus got onto the Pharisees for doing that. Yeah. You know, he said you you can't you can't keep these up, but yet you you keep trying to create more laws for these people that you, you know, you're overwhelming them with the burden of keeping up with laws that you're not doing yourselves. Right. Um but at the end of the day, we're not talking about obstacles to, you know, getting a good job, obstacles to buying your first house, right. obstacles to, you know, developing a savings account. We're talking about eternity. Yes. And when we put barriers in front of someone, we're making it that much harder for them to hear Jesus. Yes. We're giving them more reason to ignore the Holy Spirit. And we're making it that much harder on the next person that has seed that could be planted. And so it's so crucial that we do our part well. Yes. And I think, I think, you know, I was actually, you know, I was spending time with the Lord this week. And one of the things that he was, I was, the words that came out was what it was compassion, the difference between pity and compassion, you know, pity is just like, you know, 
talking about like, okay, you know, you know, poor thing, but compassion is you're actually doing something about it. You're taking action beyond, beyond yeah. the feeling sorry for themselves. You know, I love that you're a woman of action. You know, you, 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 you saw a problem. You didn't just, you know, everyone can feel sorry for anybody, you know, but the fact that you go out there and you provide solutions. Now talk to us a little bit, you know, you, you say you, um, you go train. So do you only train churches then per se, or do you actually um, help individuals who have experienced trauma or is your audience primarily like churches? Like who, who do you work with? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's both really in my day-to-day ministry, I'm working with mothers in crisis. Okay. But in my, uh, in my coaching business, I'm working with churches, nonprofits, and mm-hmm. individuals who want to start nonprofits, um, okay. individuals who want to be, be, do, be the doers. And so I'm equipping them in, in a vastly different way than when I'm working with my clients sure. in, in terms of getting them into housing and getting, you know, getting them off of drugs or into rehab, things like that. Now, do they have to be based in Tennessee or do you work with um, individuals and, and, and organizations that are outside yeah. of Tennessee? Oh yeah, around, around the world. Okay. Yeah, that's the Got beauty it. of Zoom nowadays. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay, I love it. So tell us a little bit about you know, your journey. You know, how did you come to know Jesus? Well, I was, um, I was raised in a Christian home I was actually, I was a rainbow baby. So my parents had had several miscarriages before they had me. And then my brother, uh, 22 months later. So I was raised in a, um, my parents were a little bit older than the the typical parents. And um, I was raised in in a very protective bubble. Like um, I I didn't know how naive I was until I I really got up into college, Mm -hmm. but I, um, I formally accepted the Lord when I was 14, but I had, you know, I've always grown up knowing and and believing. um, And and I don't necessarily say that I accepted him at that point. We had a a guest speaker coming that day. And, um, and he said at at the end of service, he said, um, you know, he, he used the, um, the phrase, if, if you'll um, acknowledge me before man, then I'll acknowledge you before the father. And yeah. if you'll deny me before man, I'll deny you before the father. Yeah. And so he, he had us, those of us who wanted to be, um, who wanted to, to be believers, he, he had us stand up in the congregation. Right. And so that was like my first public acknowledgement um, but, but Jesus had always been very much a part of, of growing up. It was, right. it, it wasn't a question of, does he exist? It was, um, more, um, okay, so now I'm ready to get to know you myself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, um, so how old were you during that time? I was 14, 14 or 14. Yeah. And would you yeah. say that you kind of stayed on a narrow path the whole entire time now or <laughs> You just sway away no, like not a at lot all. of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, the um the funny thing is, is by the time I got out of high school, um I, I went to a Christian college, but I went 1800 miles away from, from where I lived. Mm-hmm. And so it was my first experience of you know being able to make my own rules. My parents never were super strict or anything like that, but I was always just within that, that protective cocoon. Right. And I didn't appreciate 
the the difference. And so in hindsight, you know, my parents had deep roots in the Lord, but I didn't. And so as I'm here at a Christian college, this is where I find myself um, dating a guy who, who like the frog in the frying pan, I find myself uh, smoking cigarettes and Mm -hmm. then drinking alcohol and then experimenting with illegal drugs. And then of course I wake up one day and I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so it was a, it was a hard, hard awakening to figure out um, that, that what I thought I knew and what I was living out were vastly different. It was a really rude wake up call. Now, what was your turning point um, that you would say that kind of got you back on, on, on the path, the right path? Yeah, so I, I would love to say that it was the birth of my precious little baby boy, but honestly, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a couple years. Yeah. I, um, my, my first husband and I did get married. I, I didn't want to be the reason that my son didn't know his dad. Right. And so, um, so we got married and it was as not good a married relationship as it had been a dating relationship. Yeah. But, um, but one day he, he was also, he was a musician. And so that meant that he didn't work. Of course, I had to be the breadwinner for the family, Wow, which was incredibly stressful and frustrating and um, just a a constant source of friction between us as well as just um, it, it was just incredibly stressful on yeah. me to pay all these bills while he's, you know, sitting there playing video games all day and then out at the clubs at night. Right. And I'm, I'm not seeing the benefit from either one. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was selling insurance to, um, to, I was looking for jobs that would give me a higher than average income. Yes. And I had no idea how, how to do any of this, but I was selling insurance and not well. And so one day I was complaining to my, uh, my then mother-in-law yeah. and um, was just kind of talking to Jesus talk. You know, I was yeah. just like, I don't understand why God won't just bless me. I'm just, I'm doing all this stuff and it's yeah. just so frustrating. And she just very casually looked back at me and she said, well, honey, what are you doing that God can bless? Hmm. And then she just, she went back to packing up my son's things um, so that we could head home. And I, I just, I sat there on the edge of the bed, like all the, all the barriers, all the veils, all the things that I had been hiding behind for, yeah. for the last four or five years were suddenly gone. Wow. And I just, I felt as I was sitting there in that spare bedroom at their house, I felt like I was just naked before the Lord. Yeah. And, and from that point forward, I, I, I did have to go home and, and really figure out what did I want? What was I going to do? How did I get myself into this situation? And, um, you know, and now how am I going to get myself out of it? Right, right. And, and did that answer come right away? Or did it take a while? Like how, what it what? took? A, it took a while. Yeah. Um, I think for the most part, it, it, well, on one hand, it was super easy. It was like, this is not how I was raised. I, I know better than this. Right. So the, the why was the easy part. It was more the mechanics that yeah. were a little more difficult. Um, Cause that was in November of 2000. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until February of 2000 that I, or 2001, excuse me, that I actually left my first husband and, mm-hmm. and moved out into a home of my own. Um, 
because I did, you know, I do believe that marriage is permanent yeah. and, um, and I do recognize the, the sacredness of it and, um, and the damage that can happen in divorce. So I did try yeah. to make things work, but my husband, my first husband was not interested in changing his life around. He liked the lifestyle. Yeah. And so, um, I ultimately, I had to accept that and move on. Right. And, um, how long did it take for you to meet your second husband? Uh, right at it. Well, so we met, um, very soon after I left my first husband, um, we met through a Bible study, but I had made a commitment to myself and to the Lord that I was not going to date for at least a year. I, I knew that I had done some things wrong and I didn't want to just jump into another right. relationship. I needed to heal what had happened. Yeah. And so he, um, he started asking me out and I said, no. And then he <laughs> asked me out and I said, no. And he asked me out and finally I quit hanging out there <laughs> <laughs> um, because, because I felt bad, you know, I, I could, I mean, how many times do you say, I told the Lord, I can't date for a year. Um, and so, so, but then about a year later, oh, well, about six or eight months later from then, um, but about a year after my commitment, I, um, I bought a really large piece of furniture and the only one they had left in stock oh. was already put together. So I needed a truck. Oh, wow. And so I called my girlfriend who has a truck, but she wasn't going to be available. And um, so she suggested that, um, that she have Tim call me. And I, I mean, I can't, I cannot imagine how much faster he could have called. Like, I feel like I had not even fully hung up from talking <laughs> with her and he was already calling me. <laughs> so, um, so that was, um, that was Friday of Memorial Day weekend. And, um, and by that Monday, we were, we were an item. We were engaged before the 4th of July and we were married in November. Wow. So it, it's, it's been now 18 years. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it, it was a, a whirlwind at the time, but it, it was also, um, it, it was, there was a, still a lot of challenges mm-hmm. because the, the whole idea of a blended family is not yeah. God's original plan. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it was good, but it was also challenging all at the same time. Right. And then our second son came along and just, you know, different rules for different people. And our, our kids are such yeah. a large age gap. Yeah. Um, it, it just naturally, everybody did naturally have different rules because they were in different, um, different age brackets. Right. And, and so it was just, it's always been kind of a challenge to navigate all of that well and make sure that everybody feels heard and feels understood and knows that they're loved. Um, it, it's a, it's a delicate balance. Now, how is, how is the foundation of your marriage this time um, you know, being that I'm sure um, he's a man of God, you guys read a Bible study. How has it helped? Like, did I know there's still challenges and things like that, but can you describe the difference between being with someone who knows the Lord versus who doesn't <laughs> and, and, yeah. and how it really helped ease, not ease your life, but talk to us about that, the differences between the two. 
Yeah. Um, actually, my second husband is also not a believer. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I did not know that. I, um, I, I guess I, I didn't, I was still in the place where I didn't understand the, um, the questions I was supposed to be asking. Right. And so the story, the, the, um, the answers he was giving me were insufficient. And so I, I was painting them from my perspective. Right. And so I was filling in the gaps for him. And so I didn't realize until, um, until we'd actually been married a couple of years yeah. because there was always a reason there was always obstacles. Um, he, he did a lot of traveling with his work sure. in our early marriage. And so there was always an excuse why he wasn't coming to church or why he wasn't doing right. this. And it was like, oh, well, you know, a lot of people don't feel comfortable praying out loud or a lot of people don't do this. And, um, wow. and it took several years before I really was like, oh, he's not saved. And, um, and so I, and then that led into a gap of about almost 15 years that where he refused to come to church whatsoever. Um, He had, he had been hurt by a previous pastor Mm. and, um, and then I made things worse as we (laughs) tend to do. (laughs) And, um, and so it wasn't until we started coming to a, a new church at, at the beginning of 2019. Yeah. And um, that pastor was um, relatable uh, on a level that Tim could understand. Yeah. And um, in 20, in, in February of 2020, I discovered that he had been watching some of the online videos, Awesome. which was absolutely huge yeah and um and now he is coming he is still not a believer yeah but I'm believing that he I'm believing that it's coming yes yeah for um I, I've learned a lot over the years I mean I've, I've started a, a soon-to-be international ministry mm-hmm. out of a church of 50-ish people and with a husband who was not saved. Wow. So if I can do it, I know that anybody can. That's right. And but you know, I remember, okay. I don't want to take, I don't want to go off on a tangent if you don't want me to. No, but, no, go ahead. No, um, go ahead. This is important because I, this is real. This is what this podcast is about. It's about real life situations, you know, so definitely please do continue sharing. Mm-hmm. So my, um, on my wedding day of my first marriage, when the, um, when the, the pre the, um, pastor was actually my uncle married us. Um, but when he says, you know, do you take this man? And I'm supposed to say, I do. There was a, a, a scream welled up inside of me that I, that I kept down, but it, it, it screamed, no, Mm. And I, I knew that I was making a bad decision, but I did it anyways, because at that point I I'm already committed. <laughs> yeah. um, but at my second marriage, I, I had that same experience, but it, it wasn't a loud shout, but it was uh, like a sense of um, I had the opportunity to choose to come into alignment with him. Yeah. And I chose, so I chose yes. So for me, even, even during the hard times, even during the struggles, um, 
I, I've always known that I, I chose yes. And so as long as I honor my commitments, the Lord is the one who redeems it. And yes, he, he will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. And um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of hard, hard times and, and frustration that I wish I didn't have to go through. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I also love my husband very much. Yes. And there, there's so many scriptures. Um, I know at least four or five, it talks about, you know, about if you have an unsaved spouse, that your actions, and I know you probably know these scriptures very well, that your actions can just point him directly. You don't have to talk like your actions and you being your character, who you are, which is not easy by any means. No, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and even, and mind you, let me just say, there are people who claim to be believers who are actions not, you know, they go to church and all that stuff, but their character, their actions, and all of a sudden, well, I'll, you know, the, uh, the description that popped in my spirit was, you know, the Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household will be saved. And, and, you know, and that's the scripture. Father God, I'm just going to pray real quick. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come in agreement with my dear sister, Suzanne, Lord, that she will experience your goodness and favor, Lord God, with her husband, oh God, that she, Lord God, will have a husband and a household, God, that is going to know you like she knows you, Father God. And then we receive it now by faith in Jesus' name. Suzanne, are you there? Yes. I am. I'm sorry. I had to, I've, it got, I had to go in low power mode. Oh no. Okay. It's because of yes. the worries. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. No, but I, you know, thank you for sharing that. And, and I definitely, you know, want to keep encouraging you to keep believing because I know plenty of people who, um, who had an unsafe spouse or an unsafe child or an unsafe mother or unsafe. And guess what? Jesus honor their prayers. And that's, yes. that's such a good encouragement to those who are listening. Yes. Now, can you tell me what is your why? Why do you do what you do? Well, at the end of the day, I believe that these, the, the least of these need our best in order for us to truly be the hands and feet of Jesus, in order for us to truly love well, we need to understand what that's supposed to look like. Yeah. Um, we need to love them according to the way they want to receive it, not according to the way we want to give it. And so for me to be able to help others serve their communities more effectively, that means that I, I don't have to be there. I don't have to be the one doing that in that community. They can still be getting the benefits of what I've learned over the years without me having to be there. So I'm exponentially increasing my ability to serve and, and right. to do. I'm a, I'm a doer. I, I love to, to, I love to know that I'm useful to the Lord. Yes. And so this to me is the best way to be useful is to replicate myself. Yes. Yes. Not only hear the word of the Lord, but doer of the word. Do it. And, you know, and I love that, you know, and, and, and I was, when I was going through your website, I was just reviewing, you know, your profile and everything. I was really amazed by a lot of the things that you're doing um, to really be the hands and feet of Jesus. Cause there are very few, I believe that does what you do, who reaches out to those who have been forgotten. 
by the church. It isn't just about growing your numbers, you know, building bigger buildings and doing all these things. No, it's really about the lost. You know, Jesus had compassion about the lost and those who are struggling. Now, can you tell me how you incorporate biblical principles in your business? Pretty much every day. Um, If I, if I didn't have the Lord to, um, to lean on, I'd have quit a long time ago. It is really difficult to, to not only to start a ministry period and, and do the funding and keep maintain it. Yes. But just the work in these women, you know, they, they come in and they, you hear their stories and you find out that um, one girl had been prostituting and one of her Johns was one of the associate pastors. Um, wow. Another girl, yeah, another girl, her mom, her grandmother, excuse me, was incredibly religious um, and was the, the primary source of, of going to church and everything in her life as, as a child, but was also her primary abuser Wow. In, a, in an angry way. And so these women come to us battered and broken by the world, but they also carry with them resentment and hurt towards Jesus. Mm. And even to the point of, you know, if God does exist, then, I mean, I think he's probably an idiot or a liar, or he's probably more like Satan because of all the things that have happened to me. And if he could have stopped it, why didn't he? Right. And, and so those are all really valid perspectives, you know, really yeah. valid ways to look at the world because of their experiences. So if I didn't have the Lord to to lean on through all of this, I have no idea how I could make any kind of an impact. And the, the principles of, um, of stewarding well are, um, are those that, that I do as part of my job in terms of you know um, raising money and, and asking people to, to give and to give generously mm-hmm. so that I can serve more moms, so that I can buy diapers, so that I can um, do these things that are um, that, that they don't want to. They want done, but they don't want to have to do it for themselves. Now, is, is your, so it's, it's, a, it's a nonprofit or is it through a, is this a nonprofit based organization? And you, you said um, we, so do you have a team that helps support um, yeah, you do have a team. Um, yeah, we're all staff in of, Tennessee. Yes, okay. for now, yes, we're a staff of three and a lot of volunteers. We currently only have one one facility here in Tennessee, but we serve 150 miles. Okay. There's not another maternity home within 150 miles. Yeah. And so I also am a support and a resource to other maternity homes nationwide Got as it. part of my side business. And, and we are growing into additional locations nationally and also internationally. So within the next five years, we will have at least three to five other satellite locations in other parts of the world. Now, this is for Foundation House Ministries. Right. Org. Okay. And then traumainformedchurch.com is your other website. And I'll be putting that in the description below. Yeah. Um, now, what would you say your personal mantra is? Like, if you could think of one thing that you live by or one phrase, what would that be? Um, I, I would say I have two. For the first one is everything is figure outable. Mm. Um, 
there you you can just you can figure it out there everything is figure outable mm -hmm. and the other one is um no good deed goes unpunished <laughs> even though people think even though people think um people can't or god can't see he sees you know and yeah yeah oh i i love that um if um if you were to I guess think of a story like I'm sure you dealt with a lot of different stories and different women like is there one that kind of sticks out to you that really kind of like made you see that wow this is that I'm really doing the the work of God like something that really touched your heart that just like you're just so grateful to be able to experience that, or to be the hand that to be utilized as a vessel. Can you get? Can you share an, a story or an example of, of of? I'm sure you have tons, but just pick one. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably my favorite is Ashley. Mm -hmm. She um, she arrived in September, I think, of 2018, and fresh out of jail, she had spent six months in there. She had been clean for uh, prior to going to jail, but she did go to jail for drugs. She was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Um, but she had a significant history of, of drug usage. She was seven months pregnant and did not have her GED or driver's license and also had two older children that she didn't have custody of and had not had custody of in about three years. So she gets into our program in September and by the time March rolled around, she had uh, given birth to a beautiful little baby boy. Mm -hmm. She had gotten her driver's license. She had gotten her GED. She had, um, she had gotten custody of her old, two older children restored. And then by August of that year, she had graduated from drug court. So all of her previous uh, fines and court wow. penalties, mm -hmm. none of that, um, none of that counted on her record any longer. Wow. And um, I should say, but when she came in, she was 28. And so by the time she, she um, had her 29th birthday, she was engaged to a young man. Wow. That she also met in drug court. And um, he's clean and sober. She's clean and sober. January of 2020, we had our first foundation house wedding. Wow. And, and now she's on staff with us okay. as a case manager. Um, so she's continuing to serve the, the new women coming in behind her. And um, she's just, she's just wow. remarkable. And she doesn't see it, mm -hmm. which makes it even better. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. I, you know, it's there's something about seeing, you know, the fruits of what God told you you were supposed to do and then seeing yeah. you know, the manifestation or the, the, the fruits, I, I, call, I call it fruits. I don't know what you call it, but the fruits of your life based on your obedience and trust and, and faith and hard work, because as you know, and anybody who have a call, um, a, a big call like that, um, I'm sure there's opposition and there's challenges and things like that. And sometimes the enemies, he's, he's a liar. You know how he is and he'll mess with your mind and like, what are you doing this for? You're wasting your time or, you know, they don't appreciate all kinds of stuff, but you know, God is so good. And to be able to hear testimony after testimony, after testimony 
uh, on what the Lord is doing through you and your ministry and your work. Suzanne, thank you so much, you know, for being um, the light in the darkness, which is what this podcast is about, is to highlight those who are truly transforming the marketplace by exposing the darkness and bringing on the light to those areas that a lot of people forget forget about. Now, if people are interested in helping you or working with you or, um, you know, blessing you and your ministry and, and your organization, like how would, what would be the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, so um, foundationhouseministries.org is our website, and we're also on uh, Facebook and Instagram, and we do have a job training program, too, mm-hmm. where we make lotions and soaps and, and candles and things like that, and, and yeah. you can find that information through those avenues, and if you're interested in training in learning more about poverty mindset or understanding how trauma has affected the people that we serve, Mm-hmm. You can go to traumainformedchurch.com and download one of my free eBooks, The Accidental Social Worker. And that's a really good introduction to how trauma impacts you physically as well as emotionally. Mm-hmm. Physically and emotionally. That's yeah. big because you, you sometimes you see the emotional part but the physical part also you don't realize that some of the ailments or some of the things that you like diseases or whatever you know all kinds of stuff can come from emotion with the condition of the heart you know exactly there's a lot of things oh my gosh I can go on and on and on and and I again I just I I applaud you I honor you Suzanne for what you're doing because it's so needed right now um, especially with what's going on in the world where there's so much, yeah. gosh, sadness, hopelessness, despair, you know, fear. Um, and, and with the COVID situation, like how, how has that helped affected how you guys do things or is it same, same old thing or like what, yeah. what, 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 how did you adjust, I guess, your, your, so we've been open the whole time. We shut the offices down for about two weeks yeah. and, and tried to work from home uh, as much as possible. But I mean, we're, we're still a 24-7 ministry. So we still provide housing to these women. Good. And, um, you know, we can't, we certainly can't kick them out. That just puts e- that many more people on the streets. Um, and now they have babies with them. Yeah. And so, um, so we, we really haven't shut down at all. Our, our moms are all essential workers. And so they were coming and going and working factory jobs or working yeah. um, at the dollar store, fast food, things like that. And the Lord's just protected us. I personally had COVID and my husband did, but it's not gone through the, the girls. It's not gone through the rest of the staff. We've been very mm-hmm. blessed. Yeah. And, um, and we've, we've actually seen a really significant uptick in the number of calls we're getting. So on a, on a typical year, we would get about 75 to 80 unique calls and we would house maybe 15 over the course of a year. Um, We've all, we already had received that many calls by the 1st of July last year. So we, we more than doubled our call volume last year and also increased the number of girls in our, in our home, which is challenging because, um, you know, the longer they stay, the, the less room we have for more women. Right. And so, you know, it, it's, not a, um, it's not a revolving door. Our girls, a lot of times they stay six months 
to a year and sometimes longer depending on the obstacles facing them. So, but the Lord has provided and, um, and we've, we've managed room and we've managed to get girls into other programs and we get one into a 30 day treatment program, not knowing how we're going to have a bed available for her when she gets out. But wow. miraculously, by the time she gets done with that program, another girl has, has moved out or has graduated and the Lord has just provided. And, um, and we were able to serve, we actually celebrated our 100th mom through our program wow. in uh, April of last year. And so, um, so we've just seen exponential growth, even in the midst of a pandemic. Wow. I love that. I love that. And that's, congratulations. I Thank mean, that's, a, that's, that's a huge deal. A hundredth mom. Thank you. Wow. That's amazing. I'm really, I'm really um, grateful that there are people like you it sounds like there's others out across the country that you work with yeah. that are that are really um, caring for those um, moms. And do you guys have dads as well, or just only moms? Only moms in the house, okay. but we do have some dads that will stick around and will do case management and okay. Um, okay. visitation, parenting plans. We want to encourage the dads to be involved in the children's lives mm -hmm. up until we figure out that he's not a good influence. And so we support him as long as he's, um, as long as he's worthy, as long as he's quality, yeah. then we'll support him as much as we support her. Got it. Got it. And you yeah. said you have, uh, is it one home that so you just kind of alter or do you have transition well, homes or how does we it have Right now we have two houses on 10 acres and okay. we want to add some additional houses on that acreage um, that would have transitional housing available. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you guys One have a step at a time. <laughs> you guys have a lot of room then, huh? And we'll definitely yes. be, for those of you guys who are listening and you would like to purchase a home and help, you know, expand, you know, their reach, please reach out to her. And I know there are many of you guys who are listening who you know, have a heart for this and, and, you know, please reach out to her and, and be part of um, the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, so if we could take a few minutes, Suzanne, to just pray whatever God puts in your heart. Um, you know, our, our listeners are a mix of um, individuals who may be experiencing trauma right now and or know people who might be experiencing trauma. Um, and, and also, I want you to pray, and this is what, this is what the Lord's prayer pray for those who have unsaved loved ones as well. Yeah. So let's go ahead and pray. Oh, Lord, you are so good, and you are so wise, and you are so perfect. Yeah. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to meet Edna. I thank you for the opportunity to be introduced to her audience and the Estrepreneur family. I thank you, Lord, because you are moving in mighty ways through the airwaves to minister and to encourage and to support. I thank you, Lord, because you are encouraging people who maybe have had their trauma buried so deep for so long that they forgot it was there, but it's still affecting them. And so, Lord, I thank you that you are bringing things to the surface, that even though it may be painful at first, it is for a purpose and it is because you are healing and you are moving. I thank you, Lord, because you desire that everyone choose to submit themselves to you and to mm -hmm. your will. It is not your desire that anybody perish, 
but that all come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, even as I am continuing to pray for not only my husband, but for others within our extended family yes. that don't yet know you, I pray also over this audience. I pray that as they are um, grieving over husbands, over children, over yeah. grandchildren, over parents who do not know you, do not understand your magnificence, your might, your glorious power, your goodness. Lord, that you would reveal yourself not only to them as the comforter and as the encourager, but that you would reveal yourself to those loved ones, yes. that you would pour out your gentleness, that you would pour out your wisdom, that you would pour out your presence in a way that they cannot help but acknowledge. Um, Lord, they may acknowledge and reject, but they cannot help but acknowledge that they would see you for who you are because you are so good and you are so perfect and everything we do is supposed to be in glory and in worship to you. And we get so confused. We get so sidetracked. We get so lost. And Lord, we, we understand. Lord, I understand those women that have chosen abortion for their children. I understand I don't agree, but I understand. Lord, I understand those women who uh, and men who find themselves caught in addiction because it's easier to deal with addiction than it is to deal with the pain yeah. and the trauma that they remember. Lord, I understand. I don't agree, but I understand. Mm -hmm. And so, Lord, we understand when people reject you because of ignorance or arrogance or fear we understand. Lord, we don't agree, but we understand. Yeah. It's complex. It's hard to surrender. But Lord, you are so good. And you are the God who loves us. Yeah. You are the creator of all things. And so Lord, we know that you created them to love you and to serve you also. So we ask you that you would speak in a language that they will understand, yes. whether it be a song on the radio, whether it be a, a statement from a loved one, whether it be a, a random comment from the, the cashier at Walmart, that you would use that as a tool to pierce those, those walls that they've built around their heart against you yes. and that they would come to realize that you're so much bigger you have had the capacity to step over that wall all along, but you have been a gentleman and you've been waiting to be invited. Yes. And so Lord, we ask you to pierce their hearts and show them who you are. Show them how powerfully and how gently you love and yes. that they are not worthy and that that's kind of the point. They're not supposed to be because you love us regardless you loved us before you set the foundations of the world into position you loved us you loved us at the cross of calvary you loved us you loved us when we didn't know you when we were so deep in our sin that we would have spit on you we would have cursed you had we had you in front of us we would have been the centurions nailing your feet to the cross, we would have, but you loved us regardless. Yeah. 
and you love the ones we love. And so, Lord, we entrust them to you. We entrust their salvation to you. And we trust you with their lives because you are the one who created them also. Mm. And we thank you for the opportunity to bring them to you and to love them with you. Yes, Lord. Show us, Lord, how we can love them better, how we can love them more towards you instead of away. Mm. How can we serve you in these relationships? Because we love you and we thank you. Yes. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, Suzanne, it was such an honor and privilege to have you on our show today. For those of you guys who tuned in, thank you all for listening in um, and joining us as, as Suzanne shared her testimony or her stories, the things she's doing for the kingdom of God. And, you know, tune in next time for another episode where we highlight men and women of God who are doing um, kingdom exploits, mighty exploits for his kingdom. This is not the time to cower down or hide. This is a time for us to go out there and be a light and shine in the midst of all the chaos. This is a perfect opportunity for us to show God's love, to show God's mercy, to show God's goodness, justice, favor, you know, be a blessing to everyone. Uh, yeah. But until next time, y'all keep shining. Suzanne, we'll be reaching out to you um, um, regarding your ministry and the things that you're doing for your, with your organization. If you guys need any of her services or just help or just would like to support her in what she's doing, please reach out to her um, contact information. I'll be putting it below in the description box. So again, thank you for all tuning in and we will, uh, I guess, See you guys next time. Until then, keep shining. Thanks for joining us this week on Estrepreneur. Make sure to visit our website, favorandwealth.com, for more information on our services. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help me out too. Also, check out my book, The Ugly Side of Sales, available on Amazon, where I share seven of my secrets on how to win and grow business the right way. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.